Welcome to the home of the blessed people. And here is our host pastor, Pastor Dio Adeomo. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Now we're going to be continuing our series this awesome evening. Our series that we have been taking for some weeks now, or should I say some months now, in our Bible study, uh, captioned, The Gifts of the Holy Spirit. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, he said this gift is given to everyone to profit without. Let us read from 1 Corinthians 12, from 7 to 11, so as to give the foundation, the footing of what we are going to be studying tonight. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Verse 8. For to one is given by the same Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. Verse 9. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the faith, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But all this worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. As he will. Praise God. Here again, we see the foundation of what we have been sharing for some time. That is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We have learned that these gifts can be put forward in three different categories. The first category is that it could be, uh, it's representing revelational things. That is, we call them revelational gifts. That is, it reveals things, gifts that reveal things that are not open to the naked eye. They are not re really revealed to the physical. It's, it takes supernatural means to reveal them. And that is the gift of word of knowledge, for example, the gift of word of wisdom, and discernment of spirits. These three gifts fall under revelational gifts. That is, it has to be revealed by the Holy Spirit. Uh, natural senses can pick it. Uh, natural wisdom can pick it. It has to be by the inspiration of the Spirit. So, this gift of the Holy Ghost, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discernment of spirits are revelatory gifts. The second category, and by the grace of God, we have learned extensively. We did an extensive study on this revelational gifts. Now, we have moved on to what I call the power gifts. These are gifts that operate supernaturally by the power of the Holy Ghost. The power gifts are, the power gifts are, Oh, I'm, I'm expecting us to respond in the studio. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, let's just chat at home. We're, we're trying to get used to the new normal. Amen. So, okay. The power gifts are gifts of faith, gifts of healing, 
and gifts of walking of miracles. Uh, for the past three weeks, we have been talking about the gifts of faith. Now we are moving to the gifts of walking of miracles now, which is under power gifts. And of course, the last set of gifts will get there, but we are under power gifts now, and we have talked about the gift of faith. Now we are talking about the gift of walking of miracles. Now, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, it says, covet earnestly the best gifts. Covet earnestly the best gifts. Now, the question is, what are the best gifts? What are the best gifts? Sometimes, we may be confused with what the best gifts are. The best gift, actually, the very, because even the very best of all the gifts, like we have taught when we were thinking, teaching on revelational gifts, which is uh, the, gift of, uh, the gift of word of wisdom, because the word of wisdom is actually a revelation of the plan and purposes in the mind of God. That's the gift of word of wisdom. And we said that that is the most important, that's the most powerful gift. But even the best of all the gifts of the Spirit might not be the best gift at a particular situation. For example, word of wisdom, which is divine revelation of the plan and purpose of God in the heart of God, is the greatest of all the gifts. However, if one is sick and one needs healing, at that point in time that you need healing, it's not the word of wisdom you need in operation. Because the word of wisdom in operation cannot get you healed. It is the word, it is the gift of healing that you need in operation at that time. So the best gift for somebody who is sick at a particular time will be the gift of the spirit that is relevant to that person at that particular time. I hope you are understanding what I'm saying. That's the kind of manifestation you need at that particular time. So, it's, it differs. The best gift differs from person to person, from event to event, from people to people. Because at a particular time, the gift you need may be different from another time. So, the best gift somebody needs at a particular time, like what Apostle Paul was saying that covet earnestly the best gifts. The best gift is the gift you need at that particular time or the hour of need in your life. Now, one thing is important that I want to quickly say and lay this foundation before we go on, that it is important for every believer to find his or her place in ministry. Find your place in ministry. Find your place, because it is the place you occupy in ministry that will directly or indirectly determine the kind of gifts that will be operational in your life. Paul said here in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, covet honestly the best gifts. He also said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, desire spiritual gifts. He said in one place, covet spiritual gifts. In another place, he says, desire spiritual gifts. Paul was exalting the Corinthian Christians 
to desire spiritual gifts. Many times, we take this scripture personally. We think he is talking to the individual, that you, an individual, desire spiritual gifts. No, that is not what he's saying here. Because he's not talking, I mean, if we take it that way, we are taking spiritual gifts to be like our personal possession. It is not so. Remember, he would distribute severally as he wills. However, Paul is addressing the body of Christ here. He was writing to the whole church. He was writing to the whole body of Christ when he was telling us that we as a church, we as a local assembly, should desire these gifts, these spiritual gifts. We should desire it. And it also applies to us today that as a church, we should desire spiritual gifts. We should desire spiritual gifts. Let us pray one more time. Heavenly Father, I'm trusting you today that these words that you are teaching us will be like apple of gold in the picture of silver. It will mix with faith in us and produce the intended fruits you have desired of us. Lord, as you are showing us things we should do as a body of Christ, help us not to lack in these things in the name of Jesus. Like never before, let the manifestation of the Spirit be real to us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are praying. And the people of God said, Amen. So he's talking to us, he's talking to the body of Christ, he's talking to the local assembly that we should desire spiritual gifts. Praise the Lord. And he's applying to us today. So if a group of believers, what this is saying is that if a group of believers would earnestly desire spiritual gifts to be manifested in their midst, the Holy Spirit will manifest himself. If we desire it, a church has to desire it before the Holy Spirit begins to move in that direction. That is why you find today, it is not every Bible-believing church that you find the manifestation of the gifts of the Holy Ghost. The manifestation will only show up if people desire it. Some people, have, don't, even, some people don't even want it. Some people say, oh, the Spirit is too noisy. The spirit, oh, it, it disorganizes the service. So they don't want, they don't even give the spirit freedom to move. I understand when you are having a guest uh, meeting or a guest service where you have a lot of guests and they might not understand the manifestations of the spirit. But I tell people that's the best time to let the spirit move. Amen. But I understand even if you don't want to do that, but you must have services that you would allow the Holy Spirit to have a free course. You must have services as a group of believers where that you can express the desire of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit itself will manifest. Perhaps you're a pastor online watching this message. Create room in your various churches. Don't be too seeker sensitive to lock out the Holy Spirit in your midst. Because some people make seeker-sensitive services, they are all and all in all services. No. You must give the Holy Spirit room. You must create avenues for the Holy Spirit to move in your midst. Hallelujah. 
you must have services whereby the, you are given permission to the Holy Spirit to have its free course amongst us. So, that is why that scripture puts there in 1 Corinthians 12, 11, it says, dividing to every man severally as he wills. So, the desire for the Holy Spirit to move should not be an individual desire alone. It's a corporate desire. A church must desire corporately the gifts of the Spirit to move, inferring that each one of us should not have all the same Spirit, all the same gift of the Spirit. Spiritual gift manifested through several people at the same time. Praise God. Those called into the fivefold ministry definitely would have to be equipped with certain gifts of the Spirit in order for them to ascertain or to, to manifest in their offices. Therefore, we have some people who are consistent in the manifestations of spiritual gifts than others in the body of Christ. That is true because of their calling, because of where they sit. For example, as those who sit as prophets, I mean, we have the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. All these offices have gifts that pertain to their offices, and they must flow regularly in certain gifts. Praise God, so that their calling and election can be sure. So it's important, like I'm saying tonight, that we as believers, individuals in particular, we should know our place in ministry. There was once a great man of God called Howard Keter. Howard Keter was used mightily of God in the 70s and even in the early 80s. A great man of God, used of the spirit. One day, a woman came to this great man of God and said, I want you to pray for me for healing. The man of God humbly said, well, thank God for that, but that is not my area. He said to her, go and see my wife. I seldom lay hands on the sick for healing. He said, go and see my wife. That's not my ministry. I know any one of us can pray in faith for those who are sick. Anyone when the others are not present. But God uses my wife in the gifts of healing. You see, he has recognized the fact that the gifts of healing operates more frequently in his wife's life. He didn't say, because, oh, I am the man of God. Everybody is looking forward to seeing and looking forward to laying my, my hands on. So, therefore, me too, I must, of necessity, the healing anointing must flow in my life. No, he didn't say that. He knew his area too. Howard was somebody who was heavily gifted in the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Anytime it was time to demonstrate the Holy Spirit or people should receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with new tongues. It's like out of every hundred that lines up, 99.5 will receive. It works like that for him. The same way for his wife. As many people that line up in front of her, they must get healed one way or the other. Why? Because when the anointing comes, when the, the gifts of the 
Holy Spirit, the gifts of healings, operate more frequently through her. So let every individual know his or her area. It is very important. If you are gifted, if the gift of God operates regu more regularly or more frequently in a particular person's life, then allow the Spirit of God. Because not all of us will operate all the nine gifts. But know the ones that are already operating in your life. Very important. Develop it, give it room. Give, give it expression. Hallelujah. Amen. And God will use you mightily in Jesus' name. Can I, let me hear a good amen there. Yes, hallelujah. Yeah, this is important because through this way we get, uh, like I said earlier, of course God will honor faith, the faith of people who will believe in him for their healings and miracles. But you can get things done more quickly by, by folks who... Specific, who are specially used along particular lines. You get it done faster. Because they are supernaturally endured with certain gifts of the spirit. As a result, they get results quicker than others could. Praise the Lord. Now, after laying that foundation, in today's topic, we said we are talking about walking of miracles. It's a power gift working of miracles. So firstly, let us know what a miracle is. Definition of a miracle, please. A miracle. A miracle can be defined, a miracle can be defined as a supernatural intervention by God in the ordinary course of nature. Again, a miracle can be defined as a supernatural intervention by God in the ordinary course of nature. As we often discover in the English language, when we use a word in a general sense, it often has a different meaning when it's used specifically. When you use a word in a general sense, it's usually different from the meaning when it's used specifically. For example, the word miracle can be used generally as a figure of speech. We talk about, oh, miracle fabrics, miracle drugs, miracle detergents, and so on and so forth. But but we know that in the general sense, miracle fabric, miracle drugs, miracle detergents can be used to describe. But in the specific sense of it, it's not a miracle. You can say something is a miracle cloth, it's a miracle, but that's not a miracle. Praise God. It's not a miracle. For example, in nature, we could say that uh, maybe because we see a bunch of roses and it's perfumed, the roses are perfumed, and, uh, and 
Oh, it's, it's the perfume is going up to heaven, and flowers are assembling, and it's going. And we say, "Oh, that's uh, that's the miracle of nature. It's a miracle of nature." Yeah, we can use that word in the general sense, but that is not a miracle. Amen. None of these things that I've just listed above are miracles, specifically speaking. But generally speaking, they can be called miracles. Because of the natural course of life, they are doing what they ought to do. Praise God. A rose is supposed to smell nice. A rose is supposed to look beautiful. And, and so on and so forth. So we can say that, wow. That's, but it's normal. It's a natural course of event. There's no supernatural thing making it do that way no it's the natural cause it's his natural cause so it can be a miracle another example of a natural miracle a miracle generally speaking is the birth of a child the birth of a child we can say oh uh, sometimes even in the medical profession they call it a miracle miracle of birth they call it but in the natural course of event it's not a miracle because it's natural for a baby, amen, after nine months thereabout to come out of a woman's womb. It's, it's part of nature. So remember what we described a miracle as. A miracle can be defined as a supernatural intervention by God in the ordinary course of nature. So when ordinary course of nature is happening, it's not a miracle. I hope you are understanding what I'm saying. Praise God. Praise God. Generally speaking, same is true for spiritual realm. For example, we call it the miracle of salvation. But generally speaking, salvation is a miracle in the general sense of it. But in the specific sense of it, it is not a miracle. That's the only way you can come into the supernatural realm is by giving your life to Christ. It's by salvation. The same way it's not a miracle in the natural. Birthing is not a miracle in the natural. The same way in the supernatural, spiritual birth is not a miracle. It's just a normal occurrence. That's how you get into the, super, into the supernatural. So in the supernatural realm, the new birth is very natural or normal. Praise God. Generally speaking, both natural birth and supernatural rebirth are miracles in the general sense of miracle. Praise God. In the figurative speech sense. But specifically speaking, neither of them are miracles. Why? Because they are not supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature. Or supernatural intervention in the normal flow, in the natural realm. Whether it's natural or it's spiritual. Praise God. So... Working of miracles in operation. When is working of miracles in operation? We want to examine that. When 
we know the nature and how the working of miracles operate, we can say, oh, this is the gift of working of miracles in operation. That's why we have to uh, quickly define uh, in the earlier definitions when we are talking about a natural birth, a spiritual birth, that's why we, we need to quickly know that some things, they call it miracle in the general sense. But when it comes to specific, it is not a miracle because it's not the working of miracles. Praise God. So when is the working of miracles in operation? There is, there is divine intervention in the ordinary course of nature. When there is divine intervention in the ordinary course of nature, then we know the working of miracles are in operation. For example, the dividing of a stream by the sweep of a mantle is an example of working of miracles in operation. That's in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 14. Can you put that on the screen for the people of God? You know, I've taught you before that all the gifts of the Spirit were in operation also in the Old Testament. They were in operation in the Old Testament. The only one that wasn't in operation in the Old Testament was tongues and interpretation of tongues. They were not in operation in the Old Testament. The gifts of tongues. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, and he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him. This was when Elijah was taken to heaven. And smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted thither. And Elijah went over. Now, that is working of miracle. There's a natural course of events. There's a natural course of nature. The water was flowing from uphill to downhill. But a man, by just using a piece of cloth, swept over the water and the water divided. Now, that is not a natural cause. That's a supernatural intervention into a natural cause of event. Amen? Supernatural intervention that stops or intervenes or intrudes into a natural procession. So the water was dry in the middle and the man walked through. So that supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature, that's a miracle. That's a working of miracle. Praise God. In the area of healing, many times miracles were received, but this is not necessarily the working of miracles. They are simply called healing miracles. Praise God. Turning common dust into insects just by the gesture is a miracle. Exodus 8.16. Let's see that again. I told you all these manifestations were also in the Old Testament. The gifts of the Holy Ghost were in the Holy Ghost. I mean, were present because the Holy Ghost was around. But not it's time to have full manifestation. Praise God. Let's quickly see that. And the Lord said unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Stretch forth thy rod, and smite the dust of the land, that it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. Say unto Aaron, Just strike it. So looking at that, that conversion, 
And exactly what happened? Turning common water into wine by just speaking a word is a miracle. That's in John chapter 2 from verses 7 to 11. Now, listen to me. Water can eventually become fermented or water juice can become fermented by natural process and become a wine. Correct? It can. That's the natural course. Praise God. But listen to me. Water, just receiving a word, not by fermentation process. Water, just by receiving the word, becomes wine. That is a miracle. That is a miracle. Praise God. These are examples of working of miracles. Water turned into wine by an aging process or the process of nature is a natural phenomenon. But water turned into wine by just speaking a word as Jesus did is a miracle according to our definition. That is supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature. That's a miracle. I speak over your life. In this your new season, there shall be miracles for you. I said there shall be miracles for you. You will have miracle in your home. You will have miracle in your marriage. You will have miracle in your finances. You will have miracle in your health. You will have miracle in the circumstance of life around about you. There will be miracles in your places of work. There will be miracles in your businesses. In the name of Jesus. There will be miracles in the life of your children. If you believe that, say good amen. So a miracle, therefore, is a supernatural intervention in the ordinary course of nature. A temporal suspension of the accustomed order or an interruption of a system of nature as we know it. Operated by the power of the Holy Ghost. Operated by the power of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Operated by the power of the Holy Ghost. Let's look at some Old Testament examples of working of miracles. I want you to really see it and understand working of miracles. So that you understand when working of miracles show up and when healings show up. They are different. Many people think a miracle is a healing. Mm, no. They are different. Praise God. I want to be able to show you that. I'm sure by next week when we are going to be talking about it in the New Testament, we'll be able to differentiate that clearly and distinctly. Let's look at Moses and the Israelites. Working of miracles was used in that time Again, for the miraculous deliverance of God's people. So, working of miracles is a gift that can be employed when you need deliverance. When you need deliverance. We see this gift was used from Exodus chapter 7 to Exodus chapter 14. When you want to look at gift of miracles responsible for deliverance, you can do a private study on those chapters Later, at your freest convenience, and so on and so forth. As God 
convinced Pharaoh to let the people of Israel go. When Aaron threw down his rod, it was turned into a serpent, for example. That was a working of miracle in operation. In the natural course of events, when you throw a rod down, you should hear a noise. If you can't hear the noise, maybe the decibel is low, you should just hear a sound. But not that the rod will be changed into a serpent. Exodus 7, 9 to 12. Exodus 7, 9 to 12. When Pharaoh shall speak unto you, saying, show a miracle for you. Show a sign. Let me know that there is something different you carry. Say, show a miracle for you. Then thou shalt say unto Aaron, take thy rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. And Moses and Aaron, let's go on. And Moses and Aaron, Aaron went unto Pharaoh and did so as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. It became what? A serpent. That's a walking of miracle there. Praise God. I said in this season, God will walk miracles for you. When the opposition says, show me a sign, you will not lack signs to show that you are a miracle yourself going somewhere to happen in the name of Jesus. When the dust was turned into insects in Exodus 8, 16 to 18, that's another place. And all the plagues that followed was a gift of working of miracles. All those plagues you saw, that's gift of working of miracle in operation. In operation. Praise God. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt and approached the Red Sea, and Pharaoh and his hosts were close behind, ready to capture them again and take them back as slaves, back to e Egypt. Exodus 14. Exodus 14 from verses 5 to 9. Exodus 14, 5 to 9. Let's quickly read that. And it was told to the king of Egypt that the people fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why? They said, why? Why have we done this? What have we let Israel go from serving us? Why have we left Israel from, from serving us? And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord had in the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, that he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with, a, with, with an high land. But the Egyptians pursued after them. All the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army overtook the encamping of the, by the sea beside Fithmore. Therefore, before Belshazzar, and when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the captains marched, and after them, and they were sore. They were so afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. They cried out unto who? Unto the Lord. Praise God. 
they cried out unto the Lord. And God told Moses to stretch forth his rod. He stretched it and the sea divided. That is from this same Exodus 14, 15 to 31. Time will not permit me to read it, but you all know the story. Moses stretched forth the rod unto the sea. That was a working of miracle. That was divine intervention in the ordinary course of nature. How can somebody just stretch forth a rod on a sea and the sea divided into two? That's a working of miracle right there. That's the natural course of event, natural course of nature being changed. And do you know we have the, those gifts available? The Bible says, what should we do as a group of believers? What should we do? We should covet. We should desire it. We should desire it. It's when we desire it that we begin to see walking of miracles in our midst. We are not seeing it the way we ought to see it because we are not full of desires for it. Praise God. Praise God. Actually here, let me break it down further because since we are doing the teaching of the Holy Ghost, there were two gifts of the Spirit in operation here. Actually two gifts of the Spirit in the parting of the Red Sea. One was the working of miracles. That's what divided the sea. But what kept the sea divided? Another gift of the Spirit has to be in operation. He took the gift of faith to do that. Praise God. If you don't believe that, you, you could see it in the life of Peter. When the Lord told him, come. He walked on water. Yes, thank God for the miracle. But what will sustain you in walking on water? You need another gift. Yeah. You need another gift. So even when miracles are in operation, anyway, we'll get to that next week. So that we'll talk more about the gifts flowing. Because I want to also begin to show you the interwovenness of all these gifts. They work hand in hand. So it's important we have the knowledge base, which we are building now. We are having the recognition phase, which we are having now. Then we will surely go to the manifestation phase of these gifts. In our midst, in our lives, in your lifetime, you will see these gifts in operation. In the name of Jesus. It took the gift of faith to sustain this miracle as an ongoing act. God's people walked over dry land and the Egyptians attempting to do the same. There is no gift of faith for them. So what happened? The water collapsed on them. Glory be to God. Can I get an amen in the house? Because those things that are going to happen, the miraculous that are going to work for you, even when your enemies try to attempt to do the same, they cannot get the same results. Do you understand what I'm saying? They cannot have the same results. Why? Because the gift of the working of miracles is tailor-made for you. Is tailor-made for you. The gift of faith is tailor-made for you. Amen. Glory be to God. Can I hear a good amen? Also, let's just take the last one, Elijah. 
and the widow. In 1 Kings 17, 1 Kings 17, Elijah and the widow. In 1 Kings 17, verses 8 to 16. You see another working of miracles here. The gift of working of miracles was also used in the Old Testament to provide for those in want. Now, two things I've told you about the gift of working of miracles. Number one, it can bring deliverance for those who need deliverance. Number two, those who are in want, it can provide for them. The gift of working of miracles. Praise God. Next week, by God's grace, we're going to look at this gift in the New Testament. We have looked at it in the Old Testament. We have seen two things. All the plagues in Egypt and so on and so forth. It's deliverance. You see walking of miracles in deliverance. Praise God. And we can also see that the walking of miracles is also in provision. To provide for those in want. It was walking of miracles when this took place. Let's see it. And the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go, get thee to, to Zapheth. And behold, uh, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow, a woman there, to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks. He called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. As she was going to fetch it, he called and said to her, and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, You are asking for too much. She didn't say, I should, she didn't say that. Go back a little. Let me read that place properly. And she said, As thy Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel. And a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in, dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. The famine was so grievous in those days. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as I have said, but make me, therefore, thereof a little cake first. And bring it to me. And after, make it for thee and thy son. For thus said the Lord of God, the Lord of Israel, Lord, Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain on the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And he and her household did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail not, according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. Now that is a gift of walking of miracle in operation again, just by declaration of words, just by words. Now, if anything is going to grow anything, you don't expect that it's mere words, you will you would think there should be mechanical instruction. There must be farming. There must be dumping of lots of bread that could sustain our many days. No, that's not the working of miracles. The working of miracles comes via words. 
their words. What did, what did, look at all the miracles wrought by Moses and Aaron. What did Moses do? Words. He just spoke words and the miraculous happens. In this case also, in, in provision, the miracle of provision, what was spoken? Words. They said it's the last one, but he spoke words. He said, as long, as long as the Lord liveth, this thing will not dry. The cruise will not dry. The bread will not be wanting. And that's exactly what happened by the word of the Lord. That's the gift of walking of miracles in operation. I pray that in your life, in our midst, in our lifetime, in our day, we will see the manifestation of these gifts like never before in the name of Jesus Christ. I see the Holy Spirit move on each and every one of us in a way that we have never precedented before. And we will see the miraculous in our very day. We will see what we have never seen before in our very time. Don't forget, the key word is to desire, to desire. With all your heart, desire the gifts of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. I hope you have been blessed tonight. Hallelujah. Let's, let's appreciate Jesus Christ once again. It's the part one of this particular, uh, praise God, glory be to God. Uh, it's, it's the part one of this particular walking of miracles that we are teaching on. There's still going to be a part two next week. I'll be showing you the manifestation of the, of the gift of walking of miracles in the New Testament. We've seen it in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, we said two things today. In the Old Testament, we see it. It brings deliverance. Again, it brings provision. It brings provision. Let us see what it brings in the New Testament next week. And uh, we'll keep on flowing. God bless you. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services every Sunday live at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. And our Bible study every Friday at 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead, and God bless you.